0: Welcome to the J3 University Podcast. Each week, we bridge the gap between science and in-the-trench experience or physique enhancement. I'm your host, John Jewett. Let class begin. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the J3U Podcast. And I'm here with Luke. I'm not here with him because Luke's in the United Kingdom. So (laughs) that's what we wanted to chat about today is is the u k the hottest spot for bodybuilding right now at least that's the perception I had in my mind so with Luke there, we can kind of actually see what's going on
1: so what's yeah. up man <laughs> not much it's been a's been a hell of a, a week here so far um but was the it's, the flight over there like within reason it's not too bad it's like a little over nine hours but it's overnight so if I wouldn't have been a dumbass and not paid for a first if I would have paid for a first class ticket instead of for the general boarding it would have been fine because I would have slept the whole time but I was squished in like a sardine with other people and I didn't sleep at all and I felt it and it was not good did you take your your CPAP with you I did I do have my CPAP with to
0: me. use it on the plane or you're like no I'm not going to do
1: that. no not to use it on the plane <laughs> No. I've packed
0: one. I've got a travel one one time to like a rented one, and I'm like uh, I don't I don't think I can bring this out. Just
1: <laughs> it's like optimize the sleep.
0: Yeah, no that man that's that's tough. I've only had one overnight flight, but
1: I imagine that's like still probably lingering, and with the with the time change, right? Yeah, it's it's. I still find myself like up until I think about last night, where Cuba basically drugged me to sleep. It was like. <laughs> I was wanting, not wanting to go to bed until like 11, 12 here, which anybody that knows me, it's like at home nine o'clock, it's like, I'm done. Like it's, I'd rather go to bed, you know, cause I wake up so early. So it, it's been an adjustment, but man, the passion for bodybuilding here is so refreshing. It's so like in- rooted and it may be partly like the environments that I was in, but um, just like from the first day that we stepped into FLF, like it's been like better and better and better and better every day that we've been there.
0: Now, FLF, that's like where exactly is that?
1: Like for that's for- in Manchester. So that's okay. Uh, that's kind of where Oscar trains. Um, it's, a, it's a private facility. So it's like Oscar, Ross, uh, Grace trains there. Um, it's the black and yellow that you yeah. see in a lot of the videos really cool facility, some great pieces of equipment. Oscar is like the bodybuilding Yoda. And so it's really cool. Like we were, we all hinged on the same day and Oscar was in there training legs. And it was like Callum with Jay Davies, who's like Magic Eye Media in their training. And uh, Jay's prepping for a show. They were doing push. And then me, Ross, Michael, Grace were all hinging. And then Oscar was changing legs. So like, bikini girl over here hinging like 340 pounds for nine or 10 reps and then there's there's another bikini girl in the gym who was on the atlantis leg press doing like soul taking sets on on that with like six or seven plates a side which i don't know if you've ever used the atlantis leg press but it's pretty heavy like our work set the day we did it after squatting was like nine plates okay so, for her to be doing that was like super impressive and like negative one RIR, like <laughs> absolutely burying herself. And it's like one of those things you look over and it's like, you ex- you're ex you looking at the physique and you're like, well, I don't think she's one of the bigger classes because of the amount of tissue she carries, but holy hell is she getting after it, right? And that was just purveying across the board and, and even the day of the seminar, like, everybody that was there where they're like you know for the tickets there was like 40 people there like just so passionate about it you can tell just from like their day-to-day I mean
0: I guess that's something like that's a private facility and the people coming to the seminar kind of know they're connected with all these people right so they kind of understand that execution but even when you come down to like Ultraflex, it's
1: kind of the same too because that's a public gym all right Yeah, Ultraflex is a public gym, And obviously being around Cuba, he lives and breathes it every day. But um, even the people in there, man, like it's just an environment. It's like everybody's getting after it. Everybody's got their head down and their headphones in. And today was like me, Cuba, Mark, and AJ. And then Emily was training with Laws and Meg and Olivia. And then there was, uh, I forget the girl's name, but it's one of the fitness girls at Cal Preps. Like everybody was just getting after it. And like the Barrio brothers are here from Spain and they've spent a whole month here just to train at the gym. Like it's those kind of people in the facility and it just, it just changes it, man. It's, it's unreal. Like I don't think the bodybuilding centric gyms in the States even come close to touching the way that people approach it over here.
0: Man. What, what do you think is that driving factor? Cause we all have these same exposure to social media that, and, and that fosters a lot of, like, you know, maybe American culture and some of the other divisions of what is expected of, like, how you would train for bikini and what's their influence. But over there, I feel like, is that, like, the cultural influence of where bodybuilding has come up there or, or just, like, a few people that are
1: really fostering that? I think it's a combination of both, right? I think the differential that I've seen is the genuine interest in training, like there's a genuine passion for coming into the gym and, and training, right? Their, their, their interest and their passion doesn't lie in the the pageant part of bodybuilding, right? Like, the show is a competitive outlet for them, but the gym is where it lives, right? And you find that in the states, you know, some. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like, and maybe it's partly because of like how spread out we are. Like, if you think about it. The state of Texas landmass-wise is bigger than the United Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one state, right? Like And I don't know if it's partly that or just culturally like Dorian's kind of like the grandfather of bodybuilding here, you know, Dorian Yates and
0: Yeah. That's what so I was going I was going to bring up. Do you think Dorian has this large influence of like you need to uphold this kind of w- legendary status of what he's kind of laid out?
1: for yeah. UK bodybuilding? Absolutely. I think I think it's not consciously there for people like I don't think they're thinking that consciously. It's just that's kind of ingrained in the people who get plugged into the community. Do you do you see it as a detriment in any way because
0: there's a very at least in my perception and like even talking with with Kuba and AJ like there seems to be like some Really big walls to climb over of like mm-hmm. maybe bringing in some new influence that there, there's like awesome stuff about every aspect of being like blue collar grind out everything 100 percent workhorse right but at the same time it, i think some other stuff's kind of left on the table of, of where you could bring in but it seems like there's some real barriers there to like
1: cross over yeah i think you know there's <sighs> some things that are like the habit or like the standard or the expectation. I know Kuba has a couple of people who comment on his videos about how his back's never going to grow because he's using these cables and these machines for different alignments, instead of using free weights or barbells. And they, they comment on every video that he does about back training with that. Right. And so I could see that kind of being prevent right across, across the culture. Um, I think they're, there are people kind of leading the way, but I do think the, and whether it's a bad thing or not, you know, there, there are some sort of set in their way type thought processes that are kind of a little bit harder to expose to different ideas. Yeah. I guess that is the, the good thing about training
0: that they have, but at the same time, it's like closed off to maybe having some other, it would call it like getting getting cute with lifts is like what's you know, yeah, Being called yeah. like it's it's not as it's not as sexy, right? It Doesn't look have this kind of macho outworking people feel to it, right? Um, of just setting a cable and being all like you know, uh, hinge yeah. kind of pivoted over to where you're you're not using a lot of load, so it's like ah, how's that going to really build muscle? So, um, but I, I think that even goes with. It seems like even like we're talking about Cuba, like PEDs, right?
1: Um, yeah. it's it's uh, I think that's probably the biggest hurdle to jump. Just you said I,
0: your your discussion because that's what you your whole talk was on, right? The kind of yeah. periodization model that we that we put out. And it was well accepted. But again, the people come to the seminar are already people that probably have some of that thought process
1: there. Well, uh, and I kind of the way that I ran it was like Obviously, dispelling the word "safe for use" because, in my opinion, I do think it's a little negligent for us to use the word "safe for use" when we're describing the protocols that just happen to be low-test in nature. It's like if you're you're running fifteen hundred milligrams of Primo and you're calling it safe for use just because your test is at two hundred, it's like, yeah, well, that's probably not safe for use, right? So, well, what would you call it? Did you call it? I called it PD progression models. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just keeping it simple because it is what it is, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a thought process to polypharmacy and progression over time that does, in my opinion, optimize PED stack designs. But I think it is negligent to do one of two things or do either one of these things where it's like we call it, it across the board safe for use because that is negligent in itself, um, but also being negligent to the fact that, you know, there are going to be situations where higher risk is on the table. And it is for those people that make a living at this and and need to be at the top. And everybody kind of falls on that spectrum between an extremely low risk model and an extremely high risk model. And we have to decide based on the things that you want out of your career and the potential and the level you're competing at where you fall to kind of take the principles that we understand and decide where we take the risk and where we don't. Yeah, and I guess that is kind of like a lot of the culture of like
0: where you want to progress to like the highest level possible. Right. Like that, if that's the goal, there's going to be a greater degree of risk accepted and almost everything else goes wayside. Right. Mm -hmm. And and that's, that's the opposite. Like it's, you should still have those things in mind. Like I, I made a post on like why I don't really have PCT in J3U. Right. And cause like my number one is like being the best bodybuilder in the world. And so if your number one is having a child or you're having your hair, um, don't do this because it's, it's likely you'll go down this path that you'll compromise those things. Now, it doesn't mean we just throw them out the window. There's things that we can have in place to maybe reduce the risk of that occurring or those things. However, number one goal is still in mind. Um, so risk reduction, it's just intelligent design but we're still going to progress to these goals aggressively right
1: like yeah. yeah and i think i think too there's like some preemptive things that are kind of across the board set with people that we can maybe have a discussion about understanding the conditions that could underlie as like some of these presets so like every client coming in getting 40 megs of thomas Hartan and 500 megs of metformin it's like Let's maybe look at a needs analysis. Not saying that a large percentage wouldn't, right? I'm saying let's be critical thinking about it because there are certain cases and symptomologies where we we wouldn't deploy that, even though we know that PED's influence on RAAS is the primary and that does kind of warrant the angiotensin-based influence and ARBs or ACE inhibitors, but um, it doesn't mean that every case that's coming across your table needs it.
0: No, no. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think the model of that's kind of been put out is just getting like kind of copy pasted of yeah. these are all the drugs you use and you use them in every situation. And it's, it's not the case. It's a case by case, right? Um, just like, it was funny, like Renee asked me this morning, she's like, Hey, should I take telmisartan?" Like, no, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at this point. Um,
1: Uh, You you just don't fit the criteria needs to have that in place. So I, I think that's important. Like you making that example there, it's like the closest person to you, you're, you're taking that critical thinking process of like, whether they fit the needs or fit the bill. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, why are we implementing each one of these things? And is that the risk factor for that person? And if so, then that, that might make a case for it. Right.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think this is something Callum and I kind of talked off cuff about in that, you know, the, the information that's being disseminated in that nature that does turn into copy and paste for some people is good because the opposite is even worse. True. True. Right? True. Like there And he's talking about like how there's still people doing a lot of these things within kind of the culture over here. Um, but that it is moving in the right direction. There just needs to be kind of like a, realignment with critical thinking that kind of comes with the understanding of these things over here.
0: I mean, that's the, the PD side. I mean, what about nutrition? I saw you like went out and went to some restaurants. Some of the stuff looked like completely foreign.
1: It was good. So we went to, uh, we went to a Thai place. What was that called? Uh, that's where Oscar took us. I tried lamb for the first time. That was okay. pretty good. Um, a couple other things. I had basically a uh, steak, chicken and rice bowl, which was pretty good. Um, I've noticed the food over here is a lot fresher. Like I, okay. pretty much everywhere I'm going is some variation of like Thai Mediterranean or whatever is, is what people have been choosing for us. And it's just coming out a lot fresher. Like we went to this place called Wagamama's my last night in Manchester. And I got like something called duck Donbury. Uh-huh and it's like a fried egg with duck and rice and fresh veggies and it's mixed all together and it was so good it was so refreshing it's like I'm so used to like shit from the from the states and I the, these restaurants that we go to it's like it was so funny Cuba and I and Meg Cuba and I were talking about this today about barbecue is a food group where we're from in Texas barbecue <laughs> yeah a way of cooking like on the grill in here in the UK and it just kind of goes to show like uh, across the board, kind of like food quality here just seems to be a little bit better.
0: Is that, is that different as far as anything like bodybuilding wise, like in application? I think it's relatively... It's relatively similar.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think you have cultural norms that are like, like uh, Ross and uh, Grace who we stayed with in Manchester. God bless them because they're Irish. And they were some of the most welcomed people that I've ever met in my life, like doing things for me the whole time. Kuba and Meg have been the same way. Like ever since I've been at Kuba's house, I have not made a meal for myself. Jeez, oh, Kuba <laughs> has made every single meal for me. And I think that's another aspect I've seen too, is just like the open nature and welcomeness here is so prevalent. Like people are happy to see me, like super excited that I'm here, super welcoming, like That's really cool over the top, like not in a bad way, over the top in a good way, like an unexpected amount of openness and welcomeness and thank yous and all this other stuff. And it's 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 mind blowing because a culture that's so inclusive here that seems to get so exclusive in the States.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say, like after hearing that, that has to have driven a lot of the culture. That you see to make it so how how kind of across the spectrum everybody implements bodybuilding at kind of this higher execution level right
1: yeah it's it's literally like so when i landed for my flight getting from london to manchester was a mess it was an absolute disaster because since i'm not vaccinated i had to have another COVID test when i landed so i walked halfway across london airport the place was closed had to go to the other side to get the actual COVID test, which took an hour while I was there. Then I had to figure out the train system, which for someone who grew up in Alabama and lives in Texas, public (laughs) transport is not a thing. And so I figured out the train. Needless to say, I ate a meal like two hours into the plane flight. And it was one o'clock when I made it to Manchester to Ross's house. And I had not eaten. So it had been... (laughs) (laughs) it had been like 15 16 hours since i had eaten and i was like i was like i'm so hungry and grace was like can i make you an irish breakfast i was like sure she's like it's not gonna have everything but I'll, i'll whip up something and she made like eggs and bacon and bagels and all this other stuff and it wasn't like the stereotypical irish breakfast you see when you go to ireland but literally as soon as i walked in the door they were so so welcoming and it's just so cool to see because it was like i ate that meal and i was like probably shouldn't do this but let's go train legs so (laughs) we went and (laughs) we went and train legs me cal and ross and it was just fun it was a blast
0: no that is that is really cool and uh, travel is tough bodybuilding because that's what i thought is how much can it throw you off your routine and um, especially like (laughs) it's funny you mentioned that like when renee and i went to new york and trying to navigate the new york subway system oh no dude we got <laughs> so hangry and we just didn't know what we were doing and where to get off it, it was a mess that was probably like when we were at each other's like throats like the, the closest of anything so it's like just yeah. um but no i think you know with, with that being said like kind of in the states when a lot of gyms you walk in and it's kind of off-putting and you're kind of segregated yeah. out everyone kind of looks at you and it's not inviting at all So when you go into a gym, you have to have to like kind of kind of hang around and then get yourself kind of pulled into the crowd. But there it seems like you're could if you wanted to be immediately submersed into like a high level bodybuilder group and advance
1: yourself really quickly. Yeah, it's really cool because they're just. It's just a different level of passion that I I think that's rarer to see where we're at i mean obviously it's a spectrum right like everybody's gonna have their their end-all be-alls but to be that focused on the training side and still and focused on your own progress and just executing on the day-to-day but at the same time being extremely welcoming is like so opposite of each other right because bodybuilding is such an individual sport and yeah. you're drawn in and that kind of stuff so it's it's been really refreshing it's kind of one of those things that's like open my eyes to how good the stuff that we do is because there's so many people who who want to be a part of it and they just all want to grow together it's like you know the the rising tide raises all boats comment it's like everybody involved gets kind of elevated as every as people drive progress it's like man it's it's so it's so evident
0: that is really cool and i you know, I've talked to Renee about, too, is like, you, you know, is well, should we all move to the UK to, to be bodybuilders, right? And it's like, well, for a lot of us, that's not realistic. But, you know, you have that environment that's been created there. There's a, a way you can foster that in your own gym just throughout yourself. And uh, I think that's even why Destination has, like, has almost an environment that is very inclusive in itself. And you have a lot of growth-minded individuals there. But like even in your own gym, like it's easy for us, like kind of introverted people, we walk in, we want to do our thing. We don't like say hi to everyone. But man, that stuff goes a long way. And just like if you see a new person in the gym, like, hey, what's up? Welcome to the gym. Right. Like that changes that environment so quickly. And your influence as someone, especially like if you are the higher level bodybuilder in your gym, like people do look up to you. I think a lot of people even are kind of intimidated. To even yeah. talk to you because i've had people that have been in the gym that i haven't talked to in in months and months i've never even met them but i see them all the time and we both look kind of like standoffish in a way we're not though because i finally talked to them they're like you know they're like oh man i've been a fan for a while and then they hear me talk like oh you're super nice and so it's like <laughs> we, we could have had these conversations like a long time ago and yeah. built more camaraderie in the gym so that's what i'd say like you know make your own uk in your, in your gym and help foster that environment to be more inclusive and um, i think that's just a way to to grow it in your local gym or here
1: here in the states too yeah and you just especially if you're in a more authoritative role within an industry yeah i don't want to say it's your obligation but it's fairly close to be wanting to move the industry to a better place it's like i think that's another thing that it may just be the group of people i'm hanging out around with but is like finding those people that just move the industry forward not only themselves it, they kind of subscribe to that rising tide raise all boats thing like you know it's it's uh it's an important concept to, um and like look man like it's it's like passion emotional like and like I I I watched someone cry today at how or not today a couple of days ago about how much they love the experience, right? And it was like, man, like that's that's different, you know. Wow, well, no, that, that that truly is.
0: Hmm.
1: It's it's one of those things though. It's like if you have it and you know you can spread it there's such a good impact that can be created with that. And, and I think that's just kind of like what you're seeing over here is these gyms that are just fostering that culture and that community and people are drawn to it. It's like, you have people moving up here just to come train at this gym. It's kind of like destination. People are moving right. it down train destination. You know, that's, that's the sign of something that's getting developed. that's really good. No,
0: that's, you know, that, that is really cool. And, and I do, I do think like, if you come up higher in bodybuilding, it kind of does become a responsibility of yours. I, I know we all pursue bodybuilding at the individual level at some aspect, but eventually you're not going to be a bodybuilder and there's going to have to be something greater in place as yeah. you can't, you won't be just trying to self-develop yourself anymore. it be about others. And, yeah. you know, how do you do that? And it, it is kind of like giving it back and helping build up others and pass it forward, just like someone has passed it down to you, right? Uh, so it, it does. Um, what do you think, do you find anything that you would rather have the U.S. influence on? Of, yeah, or,
1: yeah. Like I prefer the U.S. side of it rather than- Yeah, yeah, other. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, I think, Maybe the walking aspect in Manchester, I did like 25,000 steps every day because you walk everywhere, which I know sounds so stupid, but you walk to the gym, you walk to the grocery store, you walk to the shoe store, you walk to the, I was literally clocking like two and a half times the amount of steps that I do in a day because at home I'll like make myself go do eight, nine, 10, right? Like making it a point. It's like you get to the end of the day and you look at your, your watch, you're like, fuck, I hit 22,000 steps today. How did that happen? It's like just so easy because like you you go everywhere. Um, I don't like that. I like it, but it's, mm. it's refreshing. But it's like, I think about prepping during that. And it's like, how do you progress anything? Because if you need groceries, you walk to the grocery store. You need to go to uh, the gym, you walk there. It's like, I would never leave the house. Right. I,
0: would go to the gym. I mean, I know you've only been to like, basically two cities right so yeah
1: is it but they're big cities i mean is that how they're
0: all set up just just
1: well ross lives in in manchester so it's it's kind of very landlocked we're here in, in rotherham it's more spread out so there's like some farmland so you are driving places but okay um i think it's i think it's a fair statement to say than in most of the cities like there's a lot more walking going on yeah i could see it just depends on what you're doing right because someone
0: could really really like that understandably so yeah but for us that
1: might not be the ideal situation always yeah and there's there's this is not bodybuilding related either So this is gonna be so stupid but (laughs) there's no there's no big cars i'm so used to my jacked up trucks with my 35 inch tires on it and all this other stuff and like the Ford Raptor here is like eight inches smaller. It's like a Ranger size, right? Ranger size, yeah.
0: Oh, that's that's sad. But I mean, I guess <laughs> there's probably a lot less priority on like, hey, you want the latest, greatest type of vehicle?
1: or? Well, yes, but- no, it's just different vehicles. Just different vehicles, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More like speed roadster cars than, yeah. than that. I just like my my mud tires and that but I mean honestly man there's probably not much that I would change they have this stuff called squash that is the best thing I've ever had in my life Ross and Grace if you're listening thank you for that it's low carbohydrate water flavoring made from like a juice so like one serving is like one gram of carbs okay and it it shits on little spray bottles and uh the powders and all this other stuff so it's amazing never seen it before and there's this stuff called saurine which is like a fruit bread and it's like super condensed kind of spongy so easy to get down so like all season i'm thinking like that's so easy to try to eat relative to some of the other foods we have but other than that i mean i think there's that's so nitpicky right like everything else is pretty pretty similar
0: yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it does seem cool because there's like a lot of like great gyms within a small, well, small. you said it's like smaller than Texas, so um, you can get to a lot of great gyms. Like for us, it's, they're kind of far and few between. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe you have one badass one in the in city, but in, in Texas, that might narrow it down to like three badass gyms. Like, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So I think, yeah, it's cool. So you're like really centralized and with like a lot of people to that bodybuild with like great gems. So it seems it seems very immersive.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's 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 just been a cool experience so far, man. And to be real, like the first seminar we put on at FLF in Manchester was the best event we've put on yet. Like so involved, people asking great questions. Like you can tell just the level of the, the detail that was there. I think I've gotten like seven log books since I've been here for people bringing me log books. Like it, has been amazing. And then we have the two day one tomorrow. That's going to be unbelievable. Two days with like, there's like 30 something participants or something like that. So there's like 36, 37 at the first one. So crazy. So is everyone just
0: logging their lifts? Yeah.
1: I I've received like four, like no, no joke, four brand new log books from people because they make them as a product, and so they wanted to give me one. And so, like uh, the guys from the lab in Ireland brought me one. Michael Fox sent me one. Like so many log books, I got one from JP. Like it was, it was so cool.
0: That is really cool. I'm sure that's like to ha- to for everyone be educated on like logging lifts and like the thought process there. I think that's really unique.
1: Um, yeah, really not of common here or in the states, I guess.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people don't log there. I think it is more so, but a lot of people don't even write down
1: their lips here. It's just very whimsical. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so prevalent. See everybody walking around training after the seminar with like their little log books and stuff. And it's just it's just really cool. Um,
0: yeah, it's like the people that come up there, like whatever, whatever division, Bikini, WPD, like they if they've come through that like process and they got top level, it's that's what you kind of mirror when you're at the, at the lower end of the level. So like in, in the U.S., like yeah. we have other divisions that you kind of have happened to come up and like, you know, maybe you don't have to do everything just right to be at the top level when you're like the genetic elite, but people try to mirror that and it, it won't pay out the same for everyone. But like over there, like yeah. you then have like this education system of really like training hard, you know, a lot, hitting all the big pillars. And yeah. if that gets mirrored, I think it carries a lot of people a lot lot farther.
1: Yeah, I think uh, another thing I've, I've noticed too is everything gets started later here and people seem to have a better relationship with food. And granted, that might just be the people I've been around, but... Um, what, what do you mean by uh, started later? Starbucks isn't open till 7 a.m. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. That's normal yeah. people
0: time. We don't no. have get up
1: at five in the morning. Well, there's people walking around with their work clothes on and their computer. Like they're going to work at like 9.15 in the morning. <laughs> it's like, you're supposed to have been there like two hours ago. Like what's going on here? Like, especially on the train. Like you'll be on the train and it's getting off at like 10.15 and there's people getting off for work. Is it a shorter work day or? I don't know. Oh. It is, it was, I noticed that a lot you don't see that. Like if you go somewhere in the middle of the day or middle of the morning in in Allen, where I live or anywhere in like the Dallas area, there's like not people walking around like who look like they're going to work, but it's everywhere. Well,
0: it's kind of, I feel like that's like our, our culture is, is like, we're nonstop, like work, work, work. Like you could work like 10 hours a day and that would be completely norm, you know, like I remember like the last time I actually had to get a, a real job in the hospital. <laughs> they're like, you know, they're hiring me like, Hey, the expectation is 50 hours a week. That's like not counting your lunch break either. Like that's like working hours, 50 hours a week. Like that's, that's not a lot of life outside. Um, yeah. So, and I've, I hear like all other cultures are like completely different. Like they're, they're, it's they work less, they have like longer breaks and not to say like they're less efficient in what they do um but they just understand like the the balance and all of it Mm.
1: less wasted time for sure yeah yeah so it's been a cool experience so far we're still here for another week after after i think it's a total of like 19 days here so um it's a long time but I'm excited because I get back we finished up the IVF stuff and then it's time for me to get to to growing again
0: yeah so I know I know we're just talking before we got on but like you went to train when do you train what with AJ and Cuba today legs
1: yeah I trained AJ Cuba, and Mark Hodson Kuba okay. Kuba's training partner um, we did legs today we've done pull and push the last two days with Cuba, so that's the first time i've trained three days in a row in a hot minute i hinged for the first time since like prep ended with cal and them in dallas and then we did it again in manchester so it's like two hinge sessions in a row and i hinged 585 for seven or something like that (laughs) (laughs) just like well if you're gonna do it go broke right um <laughs> go <Tungo> broke <laughs> i was i was get, looking at the bra I, like, I was looking at the bar. i was like, john would not approve of this but i'm going to do it anyway <laughs> yeah um, i saw it on instagram i was like <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh no and i know what you're thinking too like if you watch the set it's like you can see where it transitions from more hamstring to more glute it's like mostly glute drive towards the end it's like
0: yeah more
1: spine yeah so like our days went more spine we, <laughs> we safety bar on friday when i got there and then we did push on saturday the sunday sunday seminar and then hinged on monday oh man and then hat today
0: which with friday. with your like crazy sleep schedule going on yeah i was sleeping like five hours a night how'd you i don't how'd you even function for the seminar that was i was I had more
1: caffeine to kill, I had enough caffeine to kill a small dog. <laughs> <laughs> ca- caffeine.
0: But you feel good now, like you got,
1: you got to train legs, but the knee was a little. Yeah, no, it felt great going into the session. The safety bar squat that I did on Friday, last Friday was amazing. No pain, no issues. It's just, man, the more the more I stay away from a hack, and then come back to it the more I realize like most hacks just don't fit me you just get that like backwards knee travel with the pelvic tuck that turns into external rotation of the femur trying to get back out of the hole and it's just turns into torque at the patella which is a bad thing and uh, honestly like relative to some of the pings I've had over the last year and a half this is the the mildest one to the point that I don't think it's going to take away from training. Um, it's just aggravating, you know, because you, you do the first hacks, literally the first set of hacks I've done since July. And it's like, you're doing the warm ups and they feel great. And then you do the top set and it's like, oh, okay. They don't feel so great. Uh,
0: well, that sucks. Well, at least it was kind of minor and
1: hopefully it's not like any major setback. Yeah, I just remembered one other thing, though. Know, finding cold brew here is hard as shit yeah i've had one since i've been here and it's like an everyday thing for me at home so yeah that's pretty routine for you i need the uk to pick it up with the cold brew <laughs> I
0: can't it's like super hot outside to do the cold brews but yeah still
1: i guess it is always cold over here it was like 57 outside and sunny and they said it was the best weather they've had in like a year they're like, oh, you wow. must have with you from texas i was like oh <laughs> it has been beautiful weather here um yeah I, I i assume it's like just rainy and cloudy all the time um yeah that's what they kind of said um but it's it's been unreal man like the kind of stuff that makes you like look forward to being able to get back and be in your routine because you know that that's here you know and it's probably yeah. not going to be the last time I'm over here doing stuff um especially like with Cuba kind of already picking the show that he wants for next year so you know it's it's really cool absolutely because we've talked with all these guys
0: and you follow each other and finally being able to get together and meet up yeah it's, uh, it's almost you know you've known these guys for a long time so I'm sure it's been just a phenomenal
1: time to hang out with everybody right yeah yeah it's definitely uh Definitely something in the water here. That's for sure. Well,
0: cool, man. Well, glad we got to catch up on it, and um, we'll let you go because I know it's getting dark over there now, right? Because it's like what eight eight forty? Is that right?
1: It's Seven forty. We just had. Time they, haven't, time they haven't had their time change here yet, so once okay. they have it, six again. Gotcha. So, Seven forty-five.
0: Well, cool. We'll have a badass seminar, man, and uh, we'll link up when you get back here. (laughs) Sounds good, man. Talk to you soon. Okay. Later.